to No Ideas Original featuring Shannon, Rob, Zane, Ken, Kareem, and Theo. Theo couldn't be here tonight, but Rob is back in the house. What's good, brother? Welcome back. Thank you, sir. Good to be back. Good to see y'all, brothers, man. Y'all been y'all been hot, son. I've been, been watching. Y'all been doing your numbers. Yo, Zane, what are you doing, man? Give me one second. Give me one second. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta chime out for a minute. To, to hit up, what you call it? What's up? I'll be right back. Yo, we got a good, we got a good one for y'all today. We got um, Demar Johnson is going to be tuning in. That's why we got the sports fellows with us, the resident experts for that. Um, exactly. Got some other topics that we're going to chop it up on. Actually, Demar Johnson is now on the stream. Demar, bring him in. Get that kicked off, and let's rock. It looked like Demar may have froze up. Yeah. Yeah, he froze up. He's on his. Demar's on the stream, but he froze up. Okay. So, but Rob, yo, while we waiting for Demar to come through, what you been up to, brother? Man, new home, new digs, new environment, new everything, son. New headaches, new stresses. <laughs> 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 Nigga gotta buy a snow blower. I gotta buy a leaf blower. I'm blowing every fucking thing, man. I'm telling you, but it's a humble experience, man. It's a lot of space, but it's comfortable. It's comfortable. I can see a lot a lot of things happening while I'm here. So but I ain't leaving this bitch until I die. That's it. <laughs> I'm here forever. <laughs> there we go. You know what I mean? What's up, Demar? Can you hear us? What's up, brother? What's going on, Demar? What's up, man? Can can you hear us? It's like he froze again. Yeah. That's alright. There you go. There He's you moving. Go. He's working on it. Yeah, this house thing is, is it's a new beast, I tell you that. That's all. It's a brand new beast. What's up, bro? He's good? He should be. Um Let me give me one sec. Let me see if he can probably log out and log back in. Uh, yeah, so while we waiting for Demar to come back on, did y'all have y'all had an opportunity to check out the um the Tyson joint, Tyson and Roy joint, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I fell asleep through all that shit. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Are you gonna mess up fast? <laughs> Yo. What, you, what, what was your thoughts on it, Kenyatta? What, you, what did you think about it? I mean, I, I can tell you Tyson must have been on his meds because he was out there <laughs> hugging. He was real happy and stuff. You know, it was a new Tyson or something. I think the most interesting part of the fight was after the fight when Tyson said nobody cared about to get his ass kicked. Right. He's like, <laughs> I, I've been out for 15 years. He just stopped fucking fighting. He ain't worried about me. Let me tell you, Mike smoked a lot of weed. That weed is helping Mike. Yeah, he, plus he admitted to it, right? He yeah. said he was smoking before in, in the past, before all his fights. Yeah, yeah I, will, I will say this, though. 
to me, the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones fight, I wasn't mad at it. Did I think it was like a, a great fight? No, because to me, it kind of reminded me of like my junior high school prom. It was like a slow grind, hug fest <laughs> type joint. It, it, it wasn't action packed. It wasn't exciting. No. It's new, it's new, I, it's like two uncles fighting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I tell you this, like, yo, to me, Thriller definitely figured out like how to put together a good pay-per-view. Like, I wasn't mad at those pay-per-view, the, the performances and none of that. I thought that was good. Yeah, trying to come back on but yeah it, it was it was a full-blown concert i think the only person who could make it was little wayne but all the other performers y'all it was good performances and snoop dogg stole the show yeah Demar, you there i think he's there i think we might get him. we might get him. do we get him What's yes. up, Apostle three, three six five in there? I see you. Who else is in the building? Nobody else. Yeah. Yo, post um. Let us know who's in the who's in the chat. Say what's up. The crazy thing is, we we're talking about the the Tyson and Jones, but the the one that stole the sh uh, show was Nate Robinson, right? And, oh, night, oh, night, Nate, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> night, night, Nate, 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 Nate. Yeah. He only landed eight punches and three of them knocked Nate on his ass. But you know what would be dope? If Nate do get get in the gym and get a real trainer and really put his put his put his little effort behind and he come back and do something. Yo, Rob, you making it like he ain't have a real trainer. <laughs> yeah, he was with a real trainer. <laughs> he was off he was all you know, he wasn't on beat. He was you could tell he was he might have been just nerves, man. You can't train the chin. Yo, so you can't train the chin, so you shutting up. Yeah, probably he get a trainer. He had it. He, he had a trainer. <laughs> What's good, Demar? You there? Can you hear us? This joint is choppy, choppy. Yeah. He sees how he goes. He's trying to figure it out. But yeah, he. Yo, I knew it was a wrap. The first jab he threw, I was like, oh man, Nate about it. Been, uh, I, looking real suspect, right? Yeah, man. Like yo, he was lunging in. He was yeah. all balance, just everything about you know what I think he I think he thought that he was gonna go in there and just street fight this dude or intimidate him and beat him. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Who was this trainer? He said he got a tool with his trainer he teaching how to throw punches like that. Man, yo, his trainer his trainer probably taught him. Yo, his tra his trainer probably taught him how to get busy, but you know what the other thing is probably like the anxiety and the adrenaline. That adrenaline get to running. Yeah, I know. So, Yo, you could be, there's plenty of fighters, even professional fighters that in the gym, they world beaters. They knocking sparring partners out, sparring partners out left and right. But when you got to get in there and it's just you and the other dude under them, them bright lights, it's a whole different thing. And even you could tell like the dude he was fighting, he wasn't a world beater, but you could tell he was technically sound. Like he know how to do a jab, he yeah. know how to move, so. Nate was talking a lot of crap though, so I'm sure dude yeah, was tuned up because Nate was talking crazy. Like he he was on it, but dude, disrespect. You see the picture of dude with Nate Robinson jersey on recently? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be a meme for the rest of the year, man. Hey shot, hey shot. Uh, Demar just asked, can you see him in the, in, in the back? He said his audio is up. He says uh, and all that. Yeah, is, we are. He he's not his pictures. I can see him in the back, but his pictures not um streaming. Like he he's not like right now. He just popped back on. Hey, I'm bringing him right now, but he's not. 
he's not coming up. But yo, one thing you got to tip your cap to though for Nate for actually having the courage to get in there, man, because on the outside, you know, everybody's like a we we all you know people are Monday morning quarterbacking, looking at it and be like, he should have did this, he should have did that. But the reality of it is, you know, homeboy been training for three years. You know, and Nate probably was training for like three months tops. I'm giving him that, probably three months. You know, it may have been three weeks based on how his performance looked. So, well, I, yo, I tip my cap to him for just even being willing to get in there and mix it up because there's a lot of people that, that yo, they ain't got it in them. There's a lot of people that would not have gotten in and done that. So, yo, you got to get that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. You know, you got to. The crazy thing. Nobody, no, nobody want to be seen getting knocked the fuck out. So, nobody <laughs> want to step in that ring. I, I heard um, he was that's only That takes a lot of courage, for real. Something. He was only guaranteed 600 bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know oh, what? Man. They yeah. gave him $600 to get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Kareem, you're lying, son. Yo, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, it was a, I guess, baseball. Um, <laughs> Yo, hold on, boxing commission. Yo, Yo he could have made more money in the street fighting somebody. He got, he got 600 but he got, he supposedly got, he's supposed to get money on the back end of the pay-per-view. Yo, that's the real thing. I want to see what the pay-per-view numbers are. That's they, what I would, they might be pretty good. They that number's be, not going to... You can't just leave that number out there, son. Six hundred. Six hundred. Oh, God. Six hundred. Oh, that's too sick. That is too sick, man. Demar, can you hear us? Can you hear us, Demar? Yeah, I think because he's using his phone, maybe. Yeah, no, that's what I heard too. That that Nate got six hundred. They gave him six hundred dollars for the smoke. Six hundred dollars, bro. Think about it this way: if he got trainers, then he got a hundred and fifty dollars. He got. He got everybody. Uncle Sam got three hundred of that. Uncle Sam got two hundred. Yo, you know what's crazy? Did you see the tweet that Shaq that Shaq sent out? Nah. Yeah, nah, nah. I'm like, yo, Nate, it's all right. I still remember you knocked that dude out in the club in Boston. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, yo, again, I go back to, I, I go back to, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of um, the episode where, where um, how you call it, where um, you guys were interviewing Joshua Morgan Sr. and Kareem asked him, he was like, yo, can an average person rush? For um, for the yard NFL, and yo, just because you're an athlete doesn't necessarily mean that you could get in there and it's interchangeable. You get in with anybody, right? No, he, yo, Nate Robinson actually, he lucky that he didn't fight technically like a professional, professional fight else. He'd probably still be sleep. Yeah, he'd be fucked up. Yeah, that's why honestly, I'd be bugging when I don't know if you ever seen when Ti and Floyd Mayweather had that altercation in Atlanta. Yeah, that would have been no. I would have been good for Ti. I was saying something, and Floyd Mayweather said something, something like, "Yo, you, you know what I do for a living?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> Even that Floyd Mayweather would have probably put on him. Yeah, the... Floyd was yeah. destroyed. Yeah, man. So, yo, I, I just. That's what I said, like, yo, you got to give props to Nate, though, for even having the courage to um, get in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I give it to Nate, son. And then, you know what the other thing is? If, you know what? I don't know if he thought he was going to win on intimidation, but if Nate decides to get back in, he got to fight somebody else who has the same level of experience as him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because homeboy, it, it is, like, in boxing, like, boxing is about technique, and if 
homeboy been doing it for three years. He got some tech. He got his footwork. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he may not be a world beater. Like, because homeboy, he called out Conor McGregor. I got Conor McGregor smoking. Conor McGregor will destroy him, I think. Like, Conor, you can say whatever you want about Conor McGregor, but Conor McGregor went 10 rounds with um, Floyd Mayweather. So I see Conor McGregor smoking that dude. But I just, I think that how you call it, I, I honestly feel like if Nate was to get in with another dude of his caliber, then I could see, you know, I could see him mixing it up and it being a little bit more competitive. Oh, you know why I love Over a million buys from pay-per-view. How about that? I think Nate wanted to just throw haymakers. He wanted to come in and throw haymakers. That was it. Yeah. I think he wanted to box. He wanted to just swing. And I think Snoop Snoop kind of called it by saying, you can't keep doing the same thing against right. a, a trained boxer, right? Because he just kept lunging in. Right. He, yeah, he man. Back, he timed it and, and caught it. He blocked him. You said another boxer of Nate's caliber. You could pretty much grab anybody out the hood. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, take them $600. Here you go. Here you go. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. How you doing, brother? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? I think oh, yeah. What's up, bro? I'm still here, low static, but I, I hear y'all for the most part. Y'all hear me, right? Yeah, yeah we hear you. Yeah. Everything is up and going. Welcome to No Ideas Original Slash Sports. This is us, man. <laughs> I miss the Rob. My, my, my co-host isn't behind the scenes, but we got Kareem and Kenyatta here. Welcome to the show, brother. How you feeling, man? Good to see you, man. Appreciate y'all having me, man. I feel good. No you do? You look you look good, champ. You look real great over there, man. You're shining, man. man appreciate it. So what's been up with you, man? What you been up to? Um, With this COVID nothing really no. just right. 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 Thing, right? Right. <laughs> it's, it's, fucking, it's fucking up a lot man right jobs and trying to get in the league and in college and and just it's not a lot of stuff moving right now so i'm just just here working out waiting around okay. the big three if they do the big three again and I'm, I'm playing in that right 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 and, how about that how's that experience man what's that experience like Man, it's like the NBA three on three. Like everything first class. You know what I call? I call it. I call it the big three forty and over league. Right? <laughs> you know what? It, 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 does, it, does it, what? it looks like. I swear, it's gonna turn into when brothers leave the league. Yeah. They got a little pickup game they can go to right after work. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what's dope about it. But Cube hates that shit, so that's why at first you had to be thirty. Okay. Oh wow! And the second year they moved it down to twenty seven. And this okay. last year, now you can be 22 and play. Oh wow! Because oh wow! But a lot of the older dudes, they like, man, what are you doing, cute? They, they be 40 yeah. and old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They He's bringing like the young bucks back, yo. Cute don't want to his league to be looked at like the 40 and over league. He want guys who can play to to be able to go in there and, and, and prove that they can play. I mean, they still got to get drafted. All the old heads, the captains, right? I draft them, but. I mean, I, I'm cool the way. I'm cool with being in the 40 and over league. Shit. <laughs> yeah, one thing I, I know it's about it, it kind of has like a park feel to it. Like more of a street ball feel than, than the league. Just watch right. it, you know? Yeah. Well, it's three on three. I mean, so many plays you can run, but I mean, it's a whole bunch of basketball minds out there. The dudes ain't flying through the air, but it's, <laughs> it's physical. 
right. partying in every city, dudes hanging out with each other, drinking, and then as soon as it's time to play, dudes is in there ready to fight. Right. <laughs> it, it seemed like to be like it might be more physical than the league a lot of times. Yeah, because you got you sitting in that paint, you ain't, ain't no up and down. You, you, everything down there in the half court, so it's definitely more pushing. The league ain't as physical as it used to be. Yeah, not at all. I agree with that, brother. I agree with that. And all that flopping shit, I ain't fucking with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and they let you hand check in there too. So, but they, right. they had to kind of cut it down. Dudes ready to be up the refs because they really let you get fucked up. And <laughs> and, and dudes like man, like Dwayne Wade, they wanted Dwayne to play. Dwayne was like shit. I left the league because I ain't want to get keep getting beat up. I ain't about to come to this league and get beat up. I tell you what, Demar, man. Um, this is Zane, man. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but way back in the day, brother, your uh, your your younger brother Bobo put you put you on the phone with me, man. And I spit I spit a hot sixteen. I think you was uh, it was like what. Maybe 1998, 1999, or whatever. I think he was, uh, he was about to start a record label or whatever. Uh-huh. And um, but back then, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think I was actually like ready for it. You know what I'm saying? You better now. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Better nah, now. man. Hey, I, if anything, I'ma start ghostwriting. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to your brother Bobo, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually out in College Park right now, bro. Real? Nah, I tell him you said what's up. He had, he had a baby today. Funny oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. Boy or girl? Yeah, boy. Oh, congrats, man. Appreciate it. Congratulations. Congrats, congrats to have, have, having a nephew, man. Yeah, man That's what's up. It, I got to get down in Sam. I'm in Cincinnati. Oh, you're in Cincinnati? Oh, so also, uh, that's, 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 that's a great segue right there, brother. Can you tell us, like, how, how it was, like, in college playing playing for Cincinnati? Well, I mean, I knew I was going for one year, so it was it was probably easier for me than, than it was the other guys. But um, we was number one all year. I mean, you had to deal with hugs, crazy ass, getting cussed out every day, running us up and down for hours. But oh man, we was we was we was kicking everybody ass, and and, and it was a funny experience for me because because of how how good we were, and me being a number player coming into college, I was able to move around how I wanted to move around, so it was really mm-hmm. kind of sweet for me. And you out there with a guy I know, because um, Kenny Sod is from was him from around the way. Yeah, 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 my man. Yeah, he he actually just got back out here because his, his his daughter goes to Xavier. Oh, okay. he, he coached at one of the high schools, nice. so he be over here all the time. Nice. Yo, 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 how the crew though? Think about it. You had you, Kenny Sutt, you had Kenyon Martin. Yo, yo, how the crew? Yeah, Steve Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Man, so, how was it transitioning from Cincinnati to the league, man? Um, I was I was preparing for the league since I was a sophomore. Okay. So, so it was just, just a matter of of getting there and, and getting comfortable. So it, it wasn't as big as a transition as, as a lot of guys because because they knew when I was young that I was supposed to be the next dude and all this shit. So I was working out with NBA trainers. When I was a sophomore, I'm, I'm hooping with them dudes. So I, I was kind of used to it. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. 
And when you got to the league, like you, you played. It wasn't like you came in the league and sat. You got, you got to play. Well, I, I played right. first because, because they, my team, they wanted to bring me along slowly, like kind of like they did Tracy and like they did Kobe. Remember, Tracy didn't play like his first for three years. Kobe had to sit on the bench for a year or two. So that's kind of what they, what their plan was for me. I'm, I get in the game and I'm dunking and I'm, I'll play twenty some minutes one night. I played two minutes the next night. They was kind of, kind of doing me like that. But then when that third year came around, was supposed to be my breakout year. That's when I had my car accident. And I ain't played yeah, that. man. Yeah, that, that that was that had to be devastating, man. That that had to be devastating. Yeah, it was, it was that was crazy. that was tough, man. But I tell you what, Demar, hats off for you to still have that drive, man. You still have that drive and work through adversity and all that to still get back into the league, man. Yeah, man, that takes a lot of heart, bro. I appreciate it. I, I could have gave up, took my insurance money, and, and kept it moving. But basketball is, is, is what I do, so I love to do. And I, I wasn't going, I wasn't going to not do that for nothing. You, you had, to, I had to be paralyzed down there for me to not to want to go out there and play. If there was a little chance, then I was going to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was great. See, you went on after I played with San Antonio played for several seasons, so that was yeah. good, man. Yeah, played five more years after the accident. NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what that recovery process was like? Um, it was it was about getting range of motion in my neck because I couldn't look left or right. I couldn't look up or down. I was in that halo for seven weeks, and and my neck was just straight for the whole time. So the rehab was. Just getting range of motion in my neck, and, and 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 it was tough. I mean, I don't know how it is for guys to tear their knees up and all that. I ain't never had them problems, but not being able to look left or right, and it, it, it was it was kind of tough. You can imagine not even being able to look a certain way. Your neck is that stiff. So mm-hmm. I had to go through a lot of doctors and a lot of X-rays. Every time I go to, even though I'm clear, everybody want to keep looking at X-rays. It's a tough process. Yeah. Now, so, what, what? No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So when you came back, man, you listen. You you gotta you gotta look from the Knicks, man. How how was that? Cause the, the Knicks historically, you say, but I mean, I know they needed talent. Yeah, <laughs> they always do. So it's a lot. The Knicks was love because it was funny. So when when I um I started preseason love and thanks and and um. And, and, I, and I was doing well, but you know, at this, at this time, people kind of like, man, I don't want to take a chance against kid. His neck might still be fucked up. So I'm up at Phoenix, Steph, Penny, all them there. And I ended up going out with Steph one night in LA. Some bullshit happened with one of the dudes that was hanging out, you know, hitting the girl in my room, walking girls back to my room, dude. Punch the girl in the face, I get cut. Oh, wow. So then when I end up, when I end up getting signed later that year with the Knicks, Steph and Penny, them guys got traded from Phoenix to the Knicks. So I met up with them, with them dudes again, and I was able to, you know, play, play some, help the team because we got the eighth spot that year. We ended up when we went to the playoffs. We had a good run at the end of the year. We made the eighth spot, and then I'm getting swept by my boy Kenyon and them with the Nets. But it was love my whole time in New York, maybe because we actually was all right. But I was supposed to sign back, and Isaiah kind of kind of jerked me off. That That sounds kind of like Isaiah's tenure there. (laughs) A lot of controversy, and you know, 
Right. It, it, I mean, it wasn't really like that as much. Mm-hmm. I'll get, like I say, he was out there. He was winning games. He was out of the playoffs, and we we won games to get in there. But I was playing on signing back, and Zeke was, like, calling me all summer. I'm working out with the Knicks dude all summer. He coming out of D.C., working us out. He's like, man, you ready to sign? You ready to sign? And so when the day come, I'm like, yo, where's contract at? I got I got to go to New York and holler at him. He gave me some bullshit story or whatever about my agent and some other player and all this shit and end up not having my contract. So I, it was a blessing in disguise because I ended up going to Denver that year and all my teammates that was in New York that year was like, man, you better be lucky. You got the hell up out of here. <laughs> hey, Demar, tell, tell us about the night, man, back in 2000 when you was... Uh, the sixth overall pick of, of round one for the NBA draft. Tell tell us tell us about that feeling, man. Um, it felt great. It felt great. It was for me. It was like finally, because like I was saying earlier, I was supposed to be this next one since I was in high school, since I was a sophomore, junior in high school. I was top player in the country as a junior. They wanted me to leave school as a junior, and I ended up. I'm not, of course I wasn't going to do that. I was in graduate high school, then I did my one year census. So it was just, I've been preparing for that moment for so long. It was like, okay, finally it's here. Now I'm ready to get this thing rolling. What's the what's the first, I guess, one of the top three uh, investments or things that you splurged on once you, once, you, once you had got signed? Shit, I ain't investing in shit. I, I bought, <laughs> I bought... <laughs> Look, before I even got drafted, I, I had a, I had a, a, a five hundred for me. That's five hundred for me. I bought my uh, my AAU coach Curtis Malone. Bought him a S four thirty. I had a, shout out a, to Curtis Malone. Yeah, so I had yeah. two Benzes, a big ass DJ chain man. Kenya Wynn got chain. He got Kenya. <laughs> I got DJ. No Rolex. I before I even got drafted, bro. Damn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> man, the people around me, man, we ain't used to have now. They, they just, they just know how to show you how to spend it. They don't know how to show you how to make it. <laughs> now, would you say that's changed uh, in today's NBA, where there's more uh, like education around like how to invest your money and stuff like that? For sure, I do. I do think it's changed a lot. I mean, even back then, though, I had, you know financial people and it wasn't really the people around me, but my financial people the NBA had programs where guys was telling you certain stuff but you ain't really see it like that now you, you see your people that you looked up to people that have signed for hundreds of millions of dollars who ain't got nothing no more so you can you can kind of see I think the education is way more out there than it used to be and, I, and guys are making way more money too yeah yeah definitely so and listen, in the big three, listen, you playing with playing with some guys over there, like listen, Drew Gooden and all these other guys, man. How's it playing with those guys? Um, yeah, Drew, my dude, Drew came out. He was in high school. We, we came up the same year, and he he was he, he didn't make McDonald's though, but he ended up having a great career at Kansas, um, having a a, a a real good NBA career. Great dude. You know what I'm saying? And Baron Davis had BD on the team. I, I, I became a captain because of AI. AI was the okay. captain of my team. And he brought me on as a co-captain. And then when he um 
and I realized he wasn't going. He wasn't really trying to do a lot of the work. I had to really play the captain role. I had to drive the team by myself. I had to like make all the moves and all that. So I'm like, man, I use that experience for. I'm trying to be a GM one day, and I've already. And since AI left left the league, I've been the captain of the team, and I've been a GM of the team for three years. I'd have been through three drafts already. So that's experience. I'm gonna try to take on to the next level. It's a tough, it's a tough job being responsible for dudes getting there's six figures in these dudes' pockets, and I'm I'm responsible for get it. You got friends calling you, dudes blowing your phone up. Yo, draft me, yo, draft me, sending me videos and all this. And I gotta look at dudes I know, like dudes got names, dudes that had good NBA careers, but it's this young dude who's hungry, who I know is shape right now, and still the dude, and trying to juggle with who you gonna pick, and I. And they, I think I've been one of the best drafters in that league um, so far. That's what they say. That's good, man. Plus, if you see that as like a career path, does the NBA help people out with the stuff like that who want to get involved with those type of programs and want to that type of future? For sure. I, I've, um, I just finished the NBA coaches program, and, yeah. and they and they and it's great. They because a lot of players they don't fuck with the analytics, so because these teams are hiring dudes who ain't never touched the basketball, they good with the numbers and all that. And players hate that. So what the what the um what the program did was they want us to to, to basically get a get a one up on them dudes because we can learn what they know. They can learn our knowledge of, of being out there and playing. So they taught us how to use all the the, the analytic programs and writing up all the sky reports and all the shit and it was and it was good. So and that's just something that the NBA they look at who's in that program, you know, and they ask and then people who run it, like who was good in your program and dudes was getting jobs from that. Hey, we got a we had a question from a guy, Rob Brother. He wants to know how was it playing for Isaiah? Um Isaiah Isaiah was the president when I was in when I was in New York. Lenny Wilkins was the was the coach. But um I mean it, it, it was cool. Cause we was winning. Um, he was he was he was always around. Like after games, we were winning. Him and Steph would be hugging and crying at each other. Shit, that's why it was funny when I seen them dudes start to have a little beef. I'm like, man, these dudes was hugging and crying after games we, we won when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him, him and Steph, they had a bit. You could tell everybody seen that laugh fell. That fell out. That was yeah. Crazy. When I was there, everything was cool. Hey, Demar. Uh, as far as as far as when you had to play defense on 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 the other professional players, who who do you think was the top three that was the most difficult that 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 probably just gave you the most competition as far as for their offense? Um, shit, my top three weird, bro, because like the the dudes you would think the best dudes are like like Kobe and AI and them dudes who was the best one on one players. I got at them better because I was used to that. I came up from playing one-on-ones and stuff like that. The dudes that was hard for me to guard was like, the first game I, I played, Jamal Mashburn gave me three fouls in like five minutes. <laughs> or like, like strong-ass dudes who outweighed me by 50 pounds, like Coldest Williamson used to come in a game playing at three when he a four. And he a big muscle <laughs> motherfucker. He trying to keep posting me up. and. I ain't strong enough to really fight him. I'm like, man, I'd rather chase Chuck around all day before I'm dealing with a dude who's trying to who's trying to post me up. So 
I got it. I got it. The, the, the main dudes better than than say dudes like that. Anthony Mason used to come in and game and just try to take me right to the block. Little <laughs> you know, dudes like that who I ain't like. Now on the flip side, who was the ones that played defense on you? Was like man, this is this is easy buckets right here. Easy buckets. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it's several, too. but like, <laughs> a lot of people. Right? Yeah. I can't say it, it's, it's like no person in particular because it was my career. I said it was on Milwaukee. It was and when Sam and Glenn Robinson and Ray and all them dudes was there, and it was like if you put a smaller dude on me, then I'm gonna shoot on shoot over him or go to the block. You put a bigger dude on me, he's slower than I'm. Drive by them and, and try to get to the rim, but I was never—I never got to the point where they just coming down and just throwing me the ball every time. Like that was a different game back then. We had to throw—I had to throw the ball in the post. First yeah. it took the Kimbe, then when he left, Sharif Abdul Rahim came in. He twenty and ten. We had to throw the ball in the Sharif, and then I go spot up. Okay, I got you. Yeah, it was a inside. Yeah, it was an inside-out game then versus now. Yeah, we had to throw the ball and even in Denver, where we, we, we was more up and down and we scored more, but we still had to throw the ball in the middle almost every time. Yeah. Get him his touches. Yeah. yeah. I, I know how I did. Uh, I would imagine. Game now. Yeah, I would imagine for you that had to be a like a crazy adjustment going from, like you said, preparing for the league since your sophomore year. Yeah. Now you're basically being used as a, as a spot-up shooter, whatever the case may be. It's got to be a crazy adjustment. Yeah, it was, and, and, and that's how they do. Because even in, in Cincinnati, uh, we threw the ball in the Kenyon every time down there. But we were so good, I wasn't even tripping because I'm like, at first I thought I was going to have to go in there. Me and Satterfield thought we were going to have to go in there and get a dub. Because we both McDonald's All-Americans. We come in there, and Kenyon was a defensive player at first. Yeah. And then Kenyon just got so much better oh, over that summer. He came back a different dude. He came back the best player in college. So... That's a, I ain't, I ain't have to go in there and get 20. I went there average 13 and still was the top pick. And I was cool with that. But they, they, that kind of took the ball out of my hand because we got Satterfield and then we got Logan two point guys. In high school, I played in AAU. I played with the ball in my hands a whole lot. Yeah. And then when I started to work out with, with them NBA trainers, Mike Brown used to train me. The dude who, who, who assistant coach over at, um, he coached LeBron in Cleveland. He assistant over with the Warriors. But he was with the with the bullets at that time before they was the Wizards under Bernie Bickerstaff. He he was training me. And him and BJ Bickerstaff, who were who were coach now, we was both training with Mike Brown. He was teaching me how to play without the ball off, come off screens and all that shit. So when they see you can do that and they see you can shoot the ball, they put you in that shooter box. Okay. So then when AI kinda of fucked it up too, where they started calling Kerry because he crossed Mike up. I was scared even <laughs> that one year. I mean, they was calling Curry. Yes, sir. Hold the ball for one second, like so. That <laughs> took away, and I'm already tall. That took away from me. Six nine, right? Moves. Yeah. Now you were one of the dudes, the first dudes that I remember with that size, that height, who who could dribble the ball like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was. I guess that's where it came in. Where I was. People looked at me so crazy as like a top player because. They ain't, they ain't see a lot of that. Cause it was big dudes who can shoot and there was big dudes who can handle a little bit, but I was just a true guard. Yeah. Like, I brought the ball up, I shot threes, I passed. And it wasn't, 
I ain't played my back to the basket at all. Tell us about the experiences you had playing the course series. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a wicked place over there, man. Just depending on where you go. You can go some, some dudes go some places where they're comfortable, it's a good city, and, and they can spend their career there and, and, and get all their money. Sometimes you can go to a place and they just decide they don't want to pay you. Um, you can go to go to a team where they feel like they're paying you so much and every time they lose a game, it's your fault when it's not. And, and now they're trying to they're trying to replace you. So it's it's kind of up and down over there. I've had I've I've had some bad experiences over there. I'm owed a whole lot of money over there. I've probably never hit, and I've had a few good ones. I got a guy like Steph who went over there and he pretty much never came back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steph went over there and ate. Hey, I heard I heard Steph from Marbury like the Michael Jordan in China. Yeah, he got a statue and a show and everything. Yeah, they, 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 they love they love Steph over there. He ain't the he might he probably the best player that ever came there, but he's probably the biggest. He went over there and he won he won championships and he and he sold his shoes and he he, he promoted himself well and they, they love him over there. Hey Demar, we got a question for somebody. They want to know do you guys draft overseas players? Um, the big three? Yeah. Yeah, they're good enough. I mean we gotta I mean I don't know how, how we were saying. <laughs> we we had one dude that was that that was drafted, he was overseas dude. He already played like some professional recently over there. He's nice too. But FIBA ended up now, it was something with FIBA, but they ain't allow him to play because of his rights with some other team. But if you're good enough, dudes will draft you for sure. Wow. Now, who would you say was your favorite teammate, your favorite guy to run with? My favorite teammate? Favorite guy to run them, them probably two different dudes. Kenyon is, is, is always going to be my guy. We play college together. We left at the same time, we're the same major, and we we we, we brothers. Um, also, me and me and me and AI is is very close to this day. He's one of my closest friends in the world. But as as far as like on the court, Andre Miller was the dude who probably gave me the most the most assists. He um he was. He was throwing me lost and have caught. He was always finding a way to find me. And I know he always had, uh, like everybody always spoke highly of him in terms of being like a, a good vet and stuff like that. Man, for sure. Like he practiced every practice and, and dudes weren't doing that. Like dudes were sitting out of practice all the time. Andre was older than dudes, still practiced every game, played every game. And he, he, was, he was always him. Nice. Nice. Hey, I wanna wanna ask you about it. I mean, I know this is kind of tough, man. But what's it, mom? The Andre Emmett situation, man. Whatever. I mean, how did things unfold after that happened, man? Because I know that was kind of a tragic situation. Yeah, man. That was that was. I just posted something with Drake, um, like like an hour ago. That was tough because that was and, and that was my dude. Um, he was he was our best player for two years. We we we, we began to, to get real close. He he hit me up before before that year where I drafted him. He had sent me some highlights. He's like, man, 
take a look at me. Kenyon had said something to me about him. I said, I already know who Andre is. I was out in China. I was out in China. He was out there. And he scored like 71 in China. And, and, I, and I already know him. I just said, bro, just go to the combine. Just show me a little bit. He went to the combine. He tore that shit up. I had a second pick. And I grabbed him. And we was close ever since then. And now stuck in a situation where I gotta try to I got I need another co-captain and I gotta replace somebody. I gotta replace him. And he yeah. did he did a lot for us, a lot of scoring. I didn't even have to really do much but hit a few shots. Cause he was in there killing. Yeah, but it was sad to see that sad to see that happen like that though man. Mm-hmm. Go ahead Ken it looks at least it looks like they they at least making some progress on the case though i thought they already caught the dude yeah they caught him they caught him and brought him in out which is not in our situation with places we grew up in and stuff happened is not common at all so that was good yeah yeah i mean it was shit. it was on it was on camera <laughs> yeah <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, we've seen where out you know, recent in recent times, right? Things getting on camera and <laughs> kind of, you know, ignored to some degree. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, at least now, now with these cameras, and you know, people hate them, but sometimes it, it helps us out to be able to see what's going on. Because if it wasn't for them cameras, that should have been swept under the rug. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Demar, do you have like I know like people talk about you know the top players, just 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 as much as people talk about the top influential rappers in hip hop. Like, what would be like your top five? I know top ten to be way too extensive. Like, do you have a top five of, of, of all time? Basketball or hip hop? Uh, basketball. Basketball. Um, Mike. Mike is one. Kobe is too. Now you talk about being being influenced, right? Not just mm-hmm. what I think are the best. Yeah, the influence. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mike, Mike, Kobe, Magic. Um, um, who else? Shit. Iceman. Um, Five might not be might not be enough because I looked up to. That's what I was saying. Yeah, ten. Yeah, ten, ten, ten. All right, let's let's go. Let's go ten if you got ten. All right, all right. I'm gonna keep naming off names. I don't want to do no order. I got you. Because like when I was coming up, I watched the super. Y'all, I don't know how old y'all, but the superstars DVD. Mm-hmm. They had like Mike and Magic and Isaiah. Yeah. Bro, all them dudes. And they should be just showing yeah. highlights and all that. Now I used to watch this shit over and over again, and I would take stuff from all them dudes along with the dudes the local dudes just from around the way so but mike was always the one for me um kobe got to that point later on because when kobe i first got in you seen kobe was he was he was he was like the top dude but i thought i'm like and i can do everything better than he does i'm like i'm taller than him i shoot better than him I dribble better than him. I'm like, I can do everything better than this dude. And he just got better and better and better every year. And I'm like, nah, that, that dude right there is, is something serious. So Kobe prepped his way in there. The Magic, Bird, Iceman, Tim Hardaway, Reggie, Pippen. Um, 
Grant Hill, Penny. Like I started to really gravitate towards the guys. But I don't. I never played like Mike, but the guys who kind of built built like me and played like me. That's what Pippen come into play and Grant Hill and Iceman Gervin and those type of dudes. They used to compare me to Magic Johnson at one time. I used to like play with the ball who was a one. Cause I used to pass. I never was a gunning dude. Like my points just looked good. It was either some deep threes or some crossovers and dunks. But I never was a dude to go out there and try to get fifty. That's a solid list right there though. That's that's a very respectable list right there that you just gave. How's it playing for Michael Cooper? And Coop, Cooper. Cooper crazy, man. I don't know if y'all watch the games. I'm gonna get tired of Cooper screaming my name. My boys be like, if you watch, if you watch the games, DJ, DJ, my boy. Yeah. Why Cooper keeps screaming your damn name? I was like, man, I don't know. But Cooper, <laughs> Cooper was our coach for like two weeks. My first year in Denver. Okay. They 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 fired Jeff Bizdelic, and Cooper's their assistant. And they broke Cooper, and, and we, we knew Cooper at some point in time Cooper was gonna take over that job, but Cooper ain't last too long. Him and Melo got into it one day, and they bought Joe's car ass in there quick. <laughs> but that was my dude since since, since then, though. I tell you what, though, I, I saw I saw the highlight, man. When you 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 hit that four pointer for the big three when y'all was in the final. I think it was 2018 when you played against Katina Mobley's team. In, in the finals for the big three. Yeah, I'm a, man, I'm always right up there leading lead the league in four pointers and then out of nowhere, a motherfucker. Come on, Mike Bibby, first year, edged me in four point shots. I forgot who had the most the second year, but I'm always right there. But Joe Johnson took a brand away with it last year. Joe was shooting things like layups. Oh, so I got a question for Sanan, from Sanan. He said, did you ever meet any players you idolized and were disappointed when you found out who they actually were? Disappointed? Nah, I wouldn't say that. I've seen some guys who I, I, I looked up to and, and when you see these guys on TV, like, and you're young, you don't know what they like in real person. And then you see them in, in real life and they, they just regular and they just like you and they <laughs> and they like going out there and wanting to fuck with girls and doing the same shit you trying to do you like damn you <laughs> like, like you out here like I ain't know you would be out here like this but disappointment now so outside of basketball tomorrow what you like doing what are you doing right now uh, I'm, in, I'm in a bowling league. I bowl. Okay. Um, ping, ping pong, spades. I binge watch a lot of TV shows. <laughs> I play 2K and Madden. Hey, 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 tomorrow, man. You, you don't know about those spades, bro. <laughs> nah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like top 10 spades. <laughs> nah, I heard Not a lot of people in Cincinnati playing like that. Before I moved out here, I mean, my house was a spot every day. Everybody over there, and we spades every day. We got records for everybody and all that. <laughs> but what I got out here, not a lot of people play like that. They play a game called Euchre. I don't know if y'all heard of it. It's kind of like a five-card spades kind of game. What's the highest you ever did in bowling? Because I know bowling, like, the highest you can get is 300. What's, what's the highest you ever had in bowling? 289. 
Oh wow! Oh wow! Man, you might as well be pro. You might as well be pro and bowling too. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Man, you on the two K too? Yeah, I'm on the two. I don't be in my park like like my kids and all everybody else do. I play. I play against people. Okay. <laughs> hey, give 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 your tag for the two K whenever you get a chance, man. Shoot, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> 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 I just turned them up. I go and play. <laughs> oh man. So what what what's what's um what's uh. I guess uh, things you got coming up next, business endeavors, or you know anything that people need to know that's tuning in right now for us for Demar Johnson. Um, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book about my life. Um, I'm doing some, some training out here in Cincinnati while I'm here until until a coaching job or a scouting or GM job come up, um, and hopefully. They can get the big three back going. They all see me out there playing a big three. That'll be excellent, man. Like, when are you looking to put out the uh, the book? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's 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 coming along slower than I expected right now. But hopefully, it, it, it'll be out there next year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to have you come back on and talk about the book too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a lot of stuff out there that people know. I've done a lot of interviews, but it's a lot. It's a lot of people don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I tell you what, man. Uh, it was definitely uh, a great. Uh, you know, time that you you know took the time out to have this interview with us, brother. You want to give any shout outs? Um, now, shout out to y'all guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. Um, I'm here. Phone call away. Hit me up, y'all. Whatever y'all need and all that. But other than that, man, everybody be good. Peace. Bless everybody that, that, that came in and watched, man. Stay safe in this cold. My Thank man. You, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Bless you, bro. Definitely you. appreciate it, Demar. Yeah, so y'all fellas be good. All right. Tell Bobo I said what up. I will. All right. Demar Rosen, everybody. Demar Rosen. Yeah, man. Yo, he, he's, he, how you call it? Like, he definitely got a, a story. You know, for people that don't know the backdrop, he was in a car accident. And when he was in a car accident, he had to wear a halo for uh, an extended period of time. And they offered him insurance money to kind of bow out. But he, he worked through it and he made his way back to the NBA, man. You talk about perseverance. Yeah. yeah, I know we spoke on uh, like Nate earlier with the in terms of courage to get in there, but it takes a lot of courage to, to even attempt to bounce back from an injury like that. Yeah, broken he, neck. Yeah, uh, I think he, he broke four vertebrae. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I think a lot of people also when um when Cube started the big three, I think a lot of people thought that the big three wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be what it turned out to be. But it seems like the big three is, is is here to stay, man. Like people really enjoy yeah. it, appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I think Cube, I think Cube did a good job. What he did was he started leveraging the players, like having guys as co-captains drafting the teams and stuff like that. 
and understanding that, that he could leverage the players just not on the court but off the court too. Mm-hmm. That's that's really helping him out because like like um like Lamar was saying, he's got players calling him, trying to get on the team now. Yeah. So, Plus, like he said, uh, at first it almost had that spectacle feel to it in terms of like getting the older, only like retired players and. But now, like you said, they're, they're bringing in young guys who are hungry, you know? So I think I think Ice Cube did a good job of making sure that it's not like, you know, almost has that that wreck feel to it. Yeah. Um, Joe jo- didn't Joe Johnson make it back to the league? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Joe Johnson made it back to I don't the know league. if he stuck around afterwards, but I, I know he got a, at least uh, like a 10-day contract or something like that out of yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, Zane, you're part of me, fans. I'll be right back. Pardon me. I'll be right back. Yeah, Joe Johnson ended up getting back to the league. I don't know if he went to the – was it the Jazz or somebody picked him up, right? I think, I think he did go back to the Jazz. Yeah. I think, I think he did. So, yeah, it's become like another avenue for players to try to get back into the league. It's mm-hmm. an opportunity to showcase themselves. Yeah. Well, thanks to Demar Johnson for popping in and, you know, sharing with us his big three experience and his NBA experience. It's always interesting, I think, when you have the opportunity to interview and speak to these people. Because to me, it's funny. It's like when he said, you know, the experience of when he actually meet these, um, when he met like these people and was like, man, these are regular people. They, they real life people. And then we have these experiences with people that we've seen playing the NBA, we watched on TV and then they pop on and we have these conversations with them. It's like, yo, you know, oh, all right, these, these are regular dudes too. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated him being like candid and being open and just down to earth. So, you know, props to him for even popping on and doing that. Yeah, definitely. So we're gonna get back into sports, but let's first take a let's 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 pivot and talk first about what everybody's been talking about this week in the news. I'm sure everybody has seen like that highlight clip of the restaurant owner that ended up telling the young ladies that were in the restaurant twerking that they needed to stop twerking. And I know Rock, I know um, Zane seen it in particular because Zane posted on his Instagram also. Zane seemed highly perturbed about it. He was like, yo, I'm in agreement with this gentleman. This gentleman is correct. This is an atrocity twerking and shaking. <laughs> right? So let's go to Zane first. Zane, what's your opinion on it? My opinion is that, oh, shout out, shout out to the to the brother for his establishment holding it down. <laughs> I, I just feel that. No, I mean, no, I mean, like us as men. No, uh, I can speak for myself, and you know, I know everybody got the situation, but I mean, I, I I like to watch that stuff, but you you gotta have it to where no 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 say like you gotta have it to where there's some type of etiquette. You can't be out and about because you don't know if kids in there and stuff like that. So I feel that the dude did. You talking about Twerking huh? with etiquette? You talking about twerking with etiquette? No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, you can't, you can't just, you can't just twerk anywhere. You can't just twerk anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and the, the main message what the brother was trying to say that on that establishment, he was like, he's trying to have a place where people can come down, eat food, enjoy themselves, and not worry about the extracurricular stuff going on. So like, if if if, if the ladies want to twerk. Do that for like a strip club. Do that for a regular club or a lounge. Don't do that at a public spot to where people are eating that. You know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, okay, save 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 you other four brothers had an establishment and if one or two or more 
females want to twerk, they might come there every other day, every other week or whatever. And at the same time, you could be still losing business. You know what I'm saying? Because you might have church folk in there or whatever. Like I said, you know, you might have kids in there too and parents don't want their kids to be influenced by that. So at the same time, I feel that, I feel that the brother held his own. Uh, now, the only thing about it is that he didn't have to cuss. He didn't have to use no profanity oh, to get, get, get uh, you know, his point across. Huh? Go ahead, go ahead, Rob, go ahead. He didn't have to curse. Fuck out of here. Sit your ass down and eat the fucking food. You be shaking your ass at the table. Yo, a man, a man is trying to establish class. And that's the thing, man. Too many of our people step out. It's a right to have fun. It's a right to twerk and do all that. There's a time and place for that, man. And he's trying to have an establishment where now you may have people that came there and be like, I ain't going to any place. There's too many bammers in there. Right. Right. You're not acting right. And that, yo, that, that'll tear away from a lot of good customers. Yeah. Man. You probably get some good people come in there and want to come and eat. And now they know but old you, girl in the ratchet squad is gonna be in there. I ain't fucking with that, please. But you know what, though? No, like, no, like, no. like on the flip side, real quick, because I, I know y'all want to chime in and give your opinions, but also a lot of people didn't know that the DJ was playing the song Back That Ass Up. So I really, I really, I really think, no, no, no. Yeah, the DJ was playing Back That Ass Up. And you know, like, yo. We all been to the club, lounge, all that other stuff. When that song come on, that's like the twerk anthem. Besides the like the loop stuff, like Doodle Brown and all that water. But right. I, I would right. say like I would say that the the, the the brother that owned that establishment, he should have blamed the DJ first for making that music selection. Because at the oh, same boy's time, a boy's a lawyer, right? Huh? The guy that owns the lawyer, right? Yeah, he's an attorney. Yeah, Kareem. Kareem, good. Yeah, I was just gonna say on the, uh, I think Zane touched on it. I was gonna say on the flip side, yeah, I think the DJ kinda egged it on and started it. Set it off. Pretty much, you know. Yo, just, yo, just imagine if he didn't play the loop then. That'd have been a sick hey, moment. You might have had more. If that DJ would have played Luke, he would have kicked everybody out that goddamn <laughs> restaurant. So, so here's the thing: like we, I think we're all in agreement. Like there's a time and a place for twerking, but do you think yeah, the, um, the owner? You think the owner handled it correctly? I mean, yeah, do you I think the owner handled it correctly? It's, it's his yo. place. You can't. I mean, it's his place. He got for one thing. It, it, it is a food establishment, right? And that, that's the first thing. I mean. Did he have to go like that? I mean, if you look looking at the video, even some of the other people, they were kind of surprised at how hard he was going with it. You look at the people's reaction. They look like, yeah, what the hell? I don't need your fucking money. Get your fuck out. <laughs> yeah, like he could have. I mean, he could have did, did himself a little better by not going like that. Cause he got. He should have thought too. Yo, listen, dude, you a lawyer too? They got you on tape going fool in your own restaurant. I mean, how's that go as far as clients and stuff too? Is this how right. this dude really is? Yeah. So, Good point, I, I mean, yo, I, I I agree. I think that I get the um the owner's position on it. I think that he probably could have he probably could have been a little bit more diplomatic. But they did say that he spoke to them on a number of occasions and asked them to do it. I go back to what Zane is saying though. Like, why is your DJ if you're trying to set the aviance for your your restaurant? Why is your DJ playing twerk music? <laughs> if you want to have an upscale establishment, a sit down joint, like we've all been to fancy restaurants. You go to a fancy restaurant, they not playing back that ass up. 
Or he turned, he screamed on the DJ. He said, "DJ, turn that shit off." <laughs> turn it off. Man, that, that, DJ a pervert. DJ pervert. Now, yo, here's the real question, uh, Zane. Would you go to that restaurant? It's <laughs> <laughs> taking a long time, bro. I'll be I'll be, hey, I'll, be the, I'll be the first one in, last one out. <laughs> hey, now be I'll be right by the DJ like <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> man. Hey, yo, Zan, I have a, I, 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 You be asking the DJ if he take requests saying? Oh man. I need you to play. Hey, what well, um state was that in? Was that was that somewhere down south? Texas. I believe it was Texas. Okay, Texas. Okay. The grass fed twerking. I believe yeah. in other states he might have got away with that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, they, they were talking about it on Power 105, and one of the things that they said that I was like, yeah, I, I, I could see that. They were saying there was another gentleman that was a restaurant owner that he called in. And he was saying that he felt like that the gentleman could have handled it better because he said that who's to say that the um the women that he confronted didn't have boyfriends or whoever that may have come back and tried to assault the owner shoot the restaurant <laughs> up you know so he was saying that he felt like it could have been handled better but the gist of it everybody pretty much is in agreement like you know what it's a time and a place for it and clearly it wasn't that at that man's restaurant like i get the establishment and he's trying to set the aviance or what he wants his establishment to be, you know, I respect that, you know, because I think anybody, you know, if, if it's your business, you set what you want the environment to be. So his first order of business, I think on the day after that, should have been telling the DJ, like, this is your playlist or telling the DJ, you know what, you're fired. I got to get another DJ. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. You know, there's, there's certain certain songs, it's like Negro spirituals, like if you play, the electric slide. You expect somebody to sit down and eat their dinner while the electric slide is playing, or the cupid shuffle? Like, dude knew what he was doing when he put that record on. DJ <laughs> was strolling. He gonna put mystical on or something? Speaking fast. <laughs> mystical. That was his next song in the playlist. <laughs> hey, hey, the way the way things are now, how people do stuff. Uh, you know, with 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 a, with a, with a strategic uh, uh, plan behind it, you never know. That might have been a promotional tool. Well, yeah, that's true. You're right, Zane. That's true. But here's the thing: the business obviously is flourishing because if that business wasn't flourishing, I don't know if he have an issue with people twerking in there. Nah, he probably want more mm-hmm. people twerking in there. Yo, Kareem, the video Kareem sent was actually re- really like it was disturbing because Kareem that was crazy. Was video. Yeah, where um, it was, it seemed like it was like an older couple that tried to stop these these um these teenagers from twerking, and they jumped the older couple. <laughs> Word, yeah, oh, yeah. Them and beat them up, like really beat them up bad. Damn, bro. So, what state was that, Randy? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, that was outdoors too. Oh man. Yeah, well, wealth, wealth principle number one. Mind your business, yo. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Mind your business. Don't even worry. Kids, they, they spinning on their head. Let them the fuck alone. Let them alone, man. Fuck with some kids. Them kids is crazy. Switching gears, getting back in the theme of sports. We we got the fight. The fight tomorrow. The fight, the fight. The real fight. 
Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia. I'm gonna hear people's predictions and why. Who you going with, Kenyatta? Who you think gonna pull it out and why? I'm going with Errol Spence Jr. I think he's that layoff. He's, he's anxious to fight. I mean, I think I think he's like he's like you were talking about before. He's definitely trained and he's ready to go. And I don't think he's gonna go to distance either. I think after that weight, he wants to put on the show to let people know he's dead. This this kind of like if you can make it, you know, this is a real big name, but it also is a good stepping stone to something big. Okay, all right, Rob, who you got? I, I got Spence. I got Spence in a in a tight one because I know I know Danny. Danny's not. He ain't gonna lay down. Danny like Treyway, like Shadi said in Treyway, which Treyway don't break, they don't fold. They not. He ain't gonna lay down to Arrow, but I, I can see Arrow getting getting the best of him in a couple of spots. I'm, I, I give Arrow the edge on this. One. All right, same. You got him. Why? I got Arrow. Uh, more finesse, speed, footwork. Um, the savages, the jab, counter punching. I would say, uh, Earl, I would say round nine. Wow. Body shot. That's a bold, that's a bold body prediction. Shot, body shot, body shot, body shot, uppercut, right hook. Lights what out. That, you don't get out of here with this Mike Tyson punch out, boy. <laughs> body shot, body shot. Yeah, he's not fighting Glass Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, 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 not Glass Joe. He fighting at least like uh, Piston Honda. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> who you got and why? I, I got Spence because I think he has a lot to prove. I think um, before the, the car accident, it almost seemed like he was losing his way a little bit. Mm -hmm. so I think now he's kind of, it, it almost seems like he's refocused again. So I think he's got a lot to prove to everybody after this injury. At the same time, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical um, on whether he's the same fighter after the injury, um, right. But, right? But that, which is why I have it going, I guess, to decision. Um, and I got Spence poking it out in the close yeah. one. I got, I got Spence. I'm gonna take Spence in decision. Why? Because yo, I, I, I have the utmost respect for Danny. I think Danny is an underrated fighter, for and sure. I don't think Danny roll over for anybody. I don't think Danny may be as skilled and talented as some of the other top welterweights, but Danny's heart. You know, and to me, Danny has always showed me something like when he, when it comes to these big fights, like he came up short against Porter and Thurman. But I remember watching Danny early on when he was at 140. And when people were saying, well, Matisse gonna wash him and he whipped Matisse. Khan gonna wash him, he whipped Khan. Like I, I, my thing, my concern with Errol is not more so him coming back from the accident than him being overtrained. And I was sharing this with Ken and I was saying that I've watched Errol for some time and Errol looks like he's been at weight now for probably at least like the last month and a half. So I get leery about that. Like when you're a dude and your walk around weight is like 180 pounds, you being down at 147 for so long. To me, it's like, you know, have you depleted yourself? Like, are you overtrained? That's my concern with Errol. But I watched the weigh-in today and I was mm. saying to myself, I was looking and I was like, yo, both of them look good. Actually, Danny was, I think, 146 and, and three-fourths. And I think Errol was 146 and a half. Now, when they come in tomorrow for the fight, I'm sure and Errol will be about 160-something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Danny will probably be up to, like, close to 160, you know. And, and I think that we're going to see an Errol that's not going to be depleted 
and he's going to be closer to his natural weight and rehydrated and look and look much better. I just think in terms of what Zayn was saying with the counter punch, I think Danny's a really good counter puncher, and Danny has timing. I expect yeah. I expect this fight to kind of go the same way that the Mikey Garcia fight went, where Errol uses the jab, use displays good range, you know, take risk here and there, be strategic. And I think Danny is going to probably come up short and feel similar to how he felt when he fought Keith Thurman and Sean Porter because the Keith Thurman loss for Danny, I think, was more so obvious that he lost to Keith Thurman. The Sean Porter fight was a, was was closer, but I just think that these other top welterweights are a little bit more skilled than Danny. Do they? Do any of them have the heart that Danny has? That I don't know. The heart and the shit, because I've seen Danny get hit with some bombs and don't yeah, yeah, and keep going, yeah. And don't go nowhere. And I and I'm yo, I'm a, more so than Danny Garcia. I'm an Andrew, uh, Andrew Garcia fan too. Like his dad, some of the yeah. stuff his dad be saying and riding with him or whatever. I'm like yo, I I can see you know, yeah. I, I can see this definitely going the distance. And and um, Errol Spence, you this know, this a pay per view fight. This is a pay per view fight, yeah. man. Perfect. This is a pay per view fight, you know. And it's sad because and every now and then, every now and then, ESPN will sneak one on you, like nah, you know who got the ESPN stuff. Bob Arum, like PB, yeah, PBC, PBC got the game locked. Bob Arum, that's why Terrence Crawford now is constantly talking about like nobody gonna let him in or they won't give him a fight, you know. So I don't know what the, I don't know what if this is a stepping stone for Errol that didn't fight Crawford. But I was sharing this with Ken also. If I was Errol, the only way I would move on to fight Crawford is if it got to the point where now we had we could have fans in the stands because. This is the Arrow and Crawford fight. The magnitude of it, the money that they can make with it, is just astronomical. If they can have fans in the stands, if they can't have fans in the stands, then they just fighting for the fans. And I get it. I'm a fan, but I also understand the business side of it also, and wanting to maximize their dollar. I'm okay, saying, once they work, once they open up the world, that's it, man. Everybody gonna be a hot ticket. Yeah. <laughs> now let me ask you this: You mentioned uh, Spence in terms of maybe being overtrained because he's walking around at weight for so long. But on the flip side, uh, I've seen these guys lose weight at the very last minute. You know, it has that same same effect. You know, where they just drain. You yeah. know, one eighty uh, a, a few days before, down to one forty seven or whatever it is too. Mm-hmm. So that's a big, that's a big gap, man. That's yeah. a real wide gap, man. Like, it's a, it's definitely yo. Know, it's definitely a science to making weight, right? That's why you know if you think about it, like a lot of the um, a lot of the the federations they have weigh-ins. They have like a ninety day weigh-in, sixty day weigh-in, a thirty day weigh-in that these people have to be at a certain weight. Yeah, and it's a science to it because if you jump out the window, right, and say that you scheduled you you got on a calendar that you got to fight four months from now and you drop all that weight you drop all that weight and then imagine if you walk around at 180 like right now i walk around at about like 185 and if i was fighting in february and automatically i'm like i need to get down to 147 and i dropped 40 pounds and high calling was what yeah that's cool. 40 pounds less you know how you call it like yo that takes it it takes a toll on your body that's why some of these dudes after a while that constant rigor of gaining the weight, losing the weight, and going back and forth. Like, remember, yeah. we spoke to yeah. Antonio Tarva. What did Tarva say? Like, yo, the biggest fight is actually the fight with the scale. Yeah. Yeah. You know, could you imagine? And speaking of Tarva, Tarva. Hey, did y'all see what Tarva posted up lately? Tarva want to fight the Jake Paul dude. 
Yeah, I see that. That's not a fight, man. I don't want to come on. He's a real fighter. Yeah, he's a real fighter. He's taking advantage, bro. He's taking advantage of that dude. Yeah. I would rather see Tarba versus James Sony. Yeah, nah. I don't want to see James Tony. You gotta tip your you gotta tip your cap to Errol though for even taking this fight because a lot of people would have took a tune up and said, you know what, I'm gonna take a softer touch and fight somebody else. But I guess he must feel like that he in a position now in his career where every fight gotta be a big fight, you know, and right now back and forth with him and Crawford also, where Crawford is saying that he wouldn't take a 60-40 split. Crawford to me has done more at the 140 division than what he's done at 147. I don't see how Crawford makes a legitimate argument as to why Errol Spinch should split 50-50 with him. Like Crawford is doing his numbers on free TV and Spence is doing his numbers on pay-per-view. Like Spence's last couple of fights, the Porter fight was on pay-per-view. Mikey Garcia was on pay-per-view. This is gonna be on pay-per-view. This will probably do, I wouldn't be surprised this will probably do anywhere from three hundred to four hundred thousand buys. Yeah, Crawford. Crawford hey, thinks wait, he's wait, the draw, wait. but he's not. He's not really the draw on this. Just, it would be Spence. And looking back at the fight with Spencer Garcia, like a lot of times when you look at it, we talk about how this is a, a fight for Spence. It's also a big fight for Garcia because it's it's sad the way boxing works. Like you could be the best fighter in the world, but when you start putting out those, those losses on the end of your name. Yeah, sure. All of a sudden, what's the name? The fights you get start to diminish, mm-hmm. and everything else. So keep picking up losses. I mean, it's important for him to win or lose one of the best showings, so you keep getting quality fights too. Yeah, I say this though, like, because I agree with you, Kenyatta, exactly what you said. But I'll say this: like the losses that Danny Garcia got, uh, those aren't losses that you know to be ashamed of. Like you lost to Sean Porter and Keith Thurman. Now, if he was out there losing to the likes of Josecito Lopez or Luis Calazo. You know, like those are losses that you like, I right, yo, you may, it may be a rap, you know, but he's he's losing to the you lost to the top dudes, you know, so and you lost in, he lost in 50-50 fights also with fights where people was like these are you know anybody can win these fights. Like I see tomorrow as if, if Errol Spence didn't have that accident, I would have said that Errol Spence in an easy, a easy fight for Errol Spence. Just because Danny Garcia, like I said, Danny Garcia, he may not necessarily have the talent attribute. Like he's flat-footed, he's a little slower than the other. Yeah, he, 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 it takes a while for him to get going. Yeah, he's powerful. It takes a while for him to get, get his motor going. But like like Homeboy said, don't sleep on him. He'll throw a haymaker in there. That left, that left, he do this shit. Bang, right. <laughs> and not even look at him, put you to sleep, boy. He spot, yo, did you see how he spot Eric Morales? He yeah. called it dead off. His whole spot. jaw was like this. One <laughs> Eric Morales, put Khan to sleep. Yeah. That left is but you, the the other thing I think also is that remember, Errol's a natural southpaw. Right? So he's a well, Errol being a natural yeah. southpaw, that means that Errol's is is gonna high call it be in position for the left you know the one thing i wonder that'll make this fight interesting also is that arrow is a dude who also works on the body that's what i'm saying it's going so, uh, you leave a rib cage open yeah he but you know what with him working on the body also he could be in range 
for the left hook. My strategy, if I was my strategy, if I was Errol's coach, is I would say it's okay to be in range to work the body, but you got to be close enough in on them where yeah, Danny yeah. can't get the can't get the leverage. Suffocating the punch, yeah. Yeah, he can't get the leverage. Like, it, but again, like I said, I would never. I don't think I would rule Danny Garcia out of a fight against any of the welterweights. Any no. of them. So what are what are the round predictions? I know Shannon said decision. I what about decision. the other three? Decision. I said Spend. decision. I get I get an edge to arrow in the decision. I, I'm I'm kind of close to where you are, Zane, with the, with the ninth round. Round nine, round nine. Yeah, I think it's around there. Knockout or T, TKO? I'm going with TKO. Yeah, TKO it. sound more sound more reasonable. Yeah. Damn. I think I think uh, like I know they both been trained well, but I, I think I think Garcia is gonna be gassed. I think Garcia is gonna start figuring out his rhythm by like the third round. But I think Earl Spence gonna be on him. You know what I'm saying from 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 you know first the first round. And I think uh, Garcia is gonna gas out and uh, Spence will get him by the ninth round tomorrow. So y'all think that Mikey Garcia went the dis- was able to go the distance with Spence, but Danny Garcia is not gonna be able to go the distance with him? I, I think I think it's partially because I think Spence is gonna go out there like I wouldn't be surprised to see him try to do something electric in the first couple of rounds. Mm. He's been off for a while. He's a lot of questions around yeah, Spence gonna be more fight, active. whether his energy is what he's gonna be like after the accident, and he's gonna feel like he's gotta prove something to people. That the, the sad thing about that out. is that also makes you susceptible to get knocked out. Yeah, to get yeah. knocked out. Yeah, to get knocked out. I'm saying this, like I think we'll know we'll know within the first two rounds the direction that fight is gonna go because if Danny if if Spence come out with that jab the same way he comes out with the jab, he came out with the jab for Mikey Garcia, then I think that that clearly tells me that his intentions are just to outbox Danny Garcia for the um for the night you know and Danny Garcia I think what makes it difficult for him also is that he hasn't he's been able to beat the a lot of the um the lower level fighters because they come close enough you know and their ring IQ <laughs> their ring IQ is not like some of the higher people and here's the other thing that people got to remember also like you always hear these people say that you know well this person hasn't knocked somebody out in this amount of time and this that or whatever as you become a champion and a level of competition steps up it becomes a lot more difficult to knock some of these dudes out because you fighting more quality fighters you're not yeah. fighting these gas station or bar fighters <laughs> or street fighters no more you fighting dudes that's that's that have amateur pedigrees dudes that are um how you call it that have been in the olympics dudes that are world champions so their ring iq although it may not be the level of yours their ring iq is pretty high as well yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like said, a lot of those guys have like they're fighting for something, like you mentioned Garcia, right? He, he has a lot on the line, so he's not gonna go out there and just roll over. You know, he's not he's looking. Not. Out he's, not, he's, that, he's that North Philly guy. Them North Philly niggas know how to fight, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, I'll tell, I'll tell you this. So here's my thinking on this fight, like, because I was saying, if Errol wins, I don't know if he goes right to um right to Crawford. If flip side of that is if. Danny loses. I don't see why Danny doesn't fight Crawford. If they make, if they give him a big offer, let's say if they say, "Yo, we got ten million dollars for you or whatever," why does Danny not fight Terence Crawford for ten million dollars? Even though Bob Arum, cheap ass, ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's got to jump on a fight like that because again, 
uh, you know, at any point when they start seeing those L's next to your name, it was him. You 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 go down that zap, start turning up the zap or something. Or, where you or, yeah, like throw, throw, four, throw four L's next to your name and see how many people want to fight you then. Right? <laughs> yeah. He gonna go out there, and I would take I would take the Terrence Crawford fight. I'd take any of those fights at that point. You got to jump on that payday, and hopefully you could knock one of those dudes out or hurt him enough that you get another one. Go out there and um make Crawford look bad and try to get a rematch out of that or something. Right. Yeah. I was disappointed. I was so disappointed with Kell Brook, man. I was so disappointed <laughs> with Kell Brook. I was disappointed with Kell Brook, and not to take anything away from Terrence Crawford, because Terrence Crawford is a great fighter. He landed a hell of a punch. But I wanted to believe that that Kell Brook wasn't a shot fighter. You know, and after that performance, like I'm like, mm, this dude getting knocked out on the jab. I'm like, clearly Kell Brook still has, you know, like facial in injuries. The last person who could come on, like, yo, he act like this dude had a jab, like Drago from, from Rocky. <laughs> the, yo, the way he fell across the ring. I'm like, yo, we really doing this, man? If he dies, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I want to I wanna see, though, yo, what I really want to see is Paul Brook leave Bob Arum and either go solo and become his own promoter or throw his hat in the ring with the PBC fighters and get some of these PBC fighters. I'd love to see him compete with some of these PBC fighters because you can't fault the man. He fighting the competition that they put in front of him, right? Yeah. But I'd like to, I want to see him mix it up with a Keith Thurman. I want to see him, I, I'd even like to see him fight the, um, the dude that Sean Porter fought, Ugas. You know, I want to, I want to see him in there with dudes that have higher pedigree than the people that he's for. Like Amir, Amir Khan Chin is, yeah. is, is suspect. Um, Kell Brook, you know, Kell Brook was a bigger welterweight, but Kell Brook, come on, like at this point in Kell Brook's career, Kell Brook is not the same Kell Brook. And then he fighting, um, he fought the dude Benavidez, who was coming off of getting shot in the leg that had one leg, Man. you know, and then he fought Mean Machine. You know, he's, he's, just, he's fighting like these dudes that Bob Arum is just, Rolling up to the post office, like, yo, you available for a fight in a couple of weeks? You want to go? Nah, not even the post so office. It's like Rocky, office. basically. All these guys is hand picked. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. He's not even rolling up to the post office. He's not even rolling up to the post office. He's rolling up to 7 Eleven. <laughs> yo, yo, speaking of that, did you hear who Triple G's new fighters? Next fighters? Nah, who? Yo, Triple G is fighting some dude that nobody ever heard of before. Uh, nobody. It's a setup. Nobody. <laughs> Yo, Triple G, I'm not mad at Triple G. He chasing that Canelo fight, but he got to give up on it. Like, I don't think Canelo going to give him a third fight. But he fighting like a real no, a nobody for real. Like, yo, the dude got five knockouts. <laughs> yeah, the dude got like 21 wins. And five knockouts. I was watching um this this highlight reel, and somebody was like, "Yo, I know people who got more knockouts in the street than <laughs> a professional boxer." <laughs> so, yeah, it's a walk away for Triple G with that. Yeah, the undercard looks decent too. Like I seen they got, I think they got Josecito Lopez on there fighting um somebody. They got they got a, a middleweight fight on there also. You know, so the undercard looks, it looks decent also. It, sh it should be a good show. And like, I'm expecting for it to kind of play out the same way Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence 
played out where I think that Errol Spence, I agree with Kareem, like prior to that accident, Errol Spence to me had, he lost his humility. Like he was a hell of a fighter when he was humble. But then when he won that title, next thing you know, yo, he had like seven gold chains, the Ferrari, he getting drunk, drunk at press conferences, going all <laughs> on people and all this stuff. So I, I think this accident probably humbled him and he probably is down, going back to his roots and that, you know, focus and trying to get himself back together. Right. You know, he, he looked, yo, he looks in amazing shape. My concern is that I'm just saying, like, I don't know how you could drop 40 pounds of weight you know, and, and, and around for months, 40 pounds lighter, you know, that that to me is, but I'm not a professional fighter, so I, you know, that yeah, I, I don't know how that works, but that that seems a lot. Like, I, you know, I, 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 I exercise daily, and when I'm down five pounds, I'm angry. So I could imagine how angry he must be. <laughs> Closing words, guys. Gag. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a great fight to see. Whatever, it, it, it's better than watching people fight adults in the parking lot for twerking, or watching <laughs> watching grown men yell at people in restaurants or something. So I'm looking forward to seeing the seeing the fight. So we get we'll stop watching all this twerking foolishness right now. Good boy, yeah. Brad. Yeah, I, again, I got Spence winning in decision. I think it's gonna be a good fight. Um, that's pretty much it. Zane? Damn, Zane, what you got? Arthritis? You just grabbed your back? <laughs> IPO? Nah, I had to take this, 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 this uh, sweat off. Um, yeah, I would say, like I said, Spence, round nine, body shot, body shot, uppercut, right hook. <laughs> Come on, with the contra shit. Left, right, left, yeah. right. A, B, A, B, start. Yeah, so you pull out the people. Man. <laughs> he got the punch, the punch sequence down on the window. He got it. Down. I'll be right back, brother. Yo, did yo, Zane said body shot, body shot. Yo, left, right, left, right. <laughs> yeah, Rob, yeah, Rob. Closing words. Spence, man. I mean, this guy, he's, he's, he's a phenomenal talent, I think, man. I just think he, you know, he's going to clean it up shop. But, like I said, man, it's going to be a fight. I think it's gonna. The fight is gonna be from the ninth from the ninth round, right to the finish. That's when it's gonna really heat up. So yeah, it looks a good fight. Yo, the last couple of fights I watched with Spence though, and Rob, I think you was at my house for the Mikey fight, right? You came over, yeah, the Mikey fight, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've I've been watching these fights, and I'm like, yo, Spence going in and really fighting these dudes the way that they want to fight, like the Mikey joint. I was surprised because I'm like, he gonna steamroll Mikey. But then when he went out there and put on that boxing clinic, I was like, oh, this dude is not playing. And even with the portify, I'm like, yo, he gonna, he, you know, I was surprised that he made, he made, to me, I think he made that porter fight much more difficult than what it could have, what it needed to have been. Like, he could have just totally outboxed Porter. He wanted, he wanted to fight Porter's fight. Oh, yeah. Porter, like, get up in your shit. Yeah. He said that. He tapped He tapped his jaw real clean. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I, I think he learned something about that, uh, something from that, and I could see him honestly going in and just just giving a good boxing lesson and outboxing Danny Garcia and walking out, you know, with with a with a solid victory. You know, the only thing I hate about this this is that you know some of these fights when people just put on boxing clinics, the um the judges always make it debatable. 
Like I, I, I would even go as far as saying in the decision, I'd probably say like eight rounds to four rounds, eight rounds, Spence, four rounds, Danny. Cause I, yo, I, I like Danny, man. I, I like do. I do, I do too, man. I do too. It's just that he's in a, he's in a, like a, a league or a, just a time where it's just a few other guys that just, just got a little bit better, I guess. I guess. Yeah. But you know what that part is funny you saying? Because I was thinking, also, I was like, yo, where does Danny go from here? Because I, I couldn't see Danny going up to, what Danny going to do at 154 if he moved up to 154? Can Danny beat Jamel Carlo? You know? Can, no. Can Danny, can Danny compete with the, even the dude that Charlo just beat? Um, the dude, um, uh, what was his name? Jason Rosado, that dude that beat up Julian um, Williams. You got Jared Hurd up there. You got... Um, Demetrius Andrade, there's a lot of dudes at 154. Like, well, the 154 division is packed now. They got some big hitters up there, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I think right, that. Right. He, he, yeah. Listen, man, fresh blood. He be fresh blood at 154. Yeah. He be food at 154, you mean? He's <laughs> <laughs> right knocking on, right on the up there. Yeah, he be, he be food. He got a name, so I'm sure people will probably probably jump on him but I just don't I think that 147 is the division for Danny and I think that Danny is kind of like PBC is running they're running out of people also to match even though there is there are some kids that's coming up I forget the kid's name that's coming up I forget his name but he's a dude that everybody is like yo he's next damn I forget the dude's name young guy right is he is he is he Latin or is or is black? He's a black dude. He's oh. a black dude. Something I don't know if it's not Gerard Ennis. Gerard Ennis is he fight too, but it's another it's another dude. Jamal, son, I forget what his name. He he just hasn't been in with top level competition yet, but everybody looking at him like he got next. Okay. Everybody looking at him like he got next. So you know, I, and and I, after a while, you know, I'd imagine that it's got to be tough for Arrow to keep making one forty seven also. So Arrow gonna have to move up to 154 as well. And yo, I, I'll say this also, in turn, while we, you know, just to kind of like tie this up, ESPN keep making all these pound for pound lists and on their pound for pound list, they always got um, Terrence Crawford, number one, or before they had number two go. But I don't care what nobody say, you know who I think is the number one pound for pound that people be fronting on? Canelo. Like I, I just I think quietly, Canelo, quietly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think Canelo now is number. I think a lot of people don't like Canelo, but I think that Canelo has shown that Canelo could, could, could you know, Canelo is like a multi-division champion. He gets in there, he delivers. He, he got them fucking, he got them Roberto Duran hands too. He got fucking center blocks. Man. Yeah, and yo, since, since he fought Mayweather, look at his defense, yo. Yeah. Look at Canelo defense. Canelo slipping, bobbing, and weaving, making moves yeah. miss. Like Canelo. And matter of fact, I think Canelo, if not next week, the week afterwards, Canelo also fight is coming up. Yeah. All right, bro. We're gonna be at your house, man. Get that big ass sandwich you bought last time. Red <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, so thank you we have again Thanks i might everybody. i might i might i might make my way up for that once you know yeah yeah come on up i missed the thanksgiving jank but i might make it up for the canelo jank all right yeah come 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 up and, and shoot the shit with us come up and hang out 
be good to see you, man. Be good to see you. Yeah, but they they ain't no twerkers here, so I don't, I don't right, know. Yeah, yeah. Don't bring, don't bring no rapper girls with. <laughs> I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring the twerkers. Let me stop. Let me they stop. ain't no twerkers here, so I, I don't know how that's gonna work for you. But thanks everybody for tuning in. We have bring them. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring the twerkers. They're gonna be twerking outside. Cause I'm like, you're not letting them in my house. <laughs> <laughs> LP, LP, LP ain't having that. Shit. She gonna leave them niggas at the cul-de-sac. You be number two. They gonna be right outside playing ball in front of the house. Shooting hoops in the snow. <laughs> yeah, Shout out to the No Ideas Original Sports Cats. Kenyatta, Kareem, Theo, who couldn't join us tonight. We appreciate it. Shout out it. to Theo, my nigga Theo. Theo. Bro, amazing interviews good interviews i've been enjoying it a lot you know so keep up the good work we got some nice got surprises coming up too y'all before the year is up so uh say, man, we got a good we got a good team right here man let's stick it out man let's make some good shows man for real we got we got a good bunch of brothers today Shout out, shout out to tavia next friday we'll have tavia as far as for everybody that's trying to get into real estate i'll be posting that promo up and everybody else will be posting that promo up in the next couple of days to get in on this real estate. Um and Cop. hey, do it. Make it happen. Have a good evening, Go. everybody. Go. Go. Peace, Go. Later, guys. Go.